very close to. Welcome into the uh, show. So we've got Marsh producer Hannah Bryan, Howlsworth, Stephanie Bell. I'm Brendan Rather. want to bring in Scott Fawn, Missouri Times host of the TV show This Week in Missouri Politics. Any ideas? 50% turnout. And maybe that's good. I don't know. Maybe to a lot of people, they go, oh, that's pretty good turnout. To me, it seems as much as we talk about this stuff, it's poor turnout. What in your mind, why is it that a person doesn't go out and vote? They're, they've done all this. They've, they're registering. Somebody Tuesday who didn't go, get out and vote, what would their excuse have been that? day yeah there's there's two factors number one i think the public and i would say republicans are the ones who frankly the charge on this nobody believes any institution in your life has any hope of actually improving your life be it the schools be it the state government federal government uh republicans have bred into people that hey the government's worthless all government should just be cut there's no government worth anything and i think part of the Part of the reaction to that is people at some point just be like, well, if all this is just worthless and it doesn't do anything for my life, I'll just do the things with my day. I don't, I'm not going to do this. Number two, I think there's a true point. I mean, look, I don't think there's anybody, even your highly educated, highly politically involved listeners know you have a legal right to vote. But I'll just tell you, an old boy who's tiling a bathroom today, he can't take off three hours. He's not going to ask his boss, I got to go vote for three years. No one's going to, I mean, that's just not a real thing to people. And plus the lines, I'm going to tell you, I saw these lines. If you're, if you're a parent who works a job and the line is an hour long, you are disenfranchised. You just are. And, and we just, we, we have chosen as a society that we are not going to invest enough money or, or trust technology enough to allow you to vote in a timely manner. And it's it's much worse than St. Louis. I'm not this or the guy that walks around crying a river for our St. Louis friends. But the fact is, if you live in St. Louis, you are, if you have two kids and a job, I think there's a very good case that you're disenfranchised by a line that's more than an hour. And I think that all, all those things come together for low turnout. Plus, Brandon, I got to say you were right. Uh, I convinced myself you were wrong. But it wasn't a wave. There were women in some of these house districts in Missouri that absolutely abortion mattered. There are people that had previously voted Republican consistently that have now decided to, to, to vote Democrat this time. And it can't be the economy. It's way worse than two years ago. I don't know what else it could possibly be. Normally, you would see those people vote even more for the party who's uh, not holding the White House. I think you picked up on this months out, and we kind of got... I mean, I, I kind of felt like you'd even talked yourself out of it. There was going to be a red wave. I, I, was, I didn't agree with you anymore. But your take from about three weeks ago was right. And I think it was born out Tuesday night. Well, it was following the Dobbs decision. And I, got some, I said, you know, this is something. Cause, and here's what it is for me, Scott. It's we know uh, Republicans know what Republicans think. Dems know what they think. And they've got the people under their tents. It's all of those people that are filtering around the tents. And they're look, in my opinion, they're looking at the big issues. And the majority of people, and they have been, by the way, for a lot of years, the majority of Americans consistently and for a long time are okay with some type of, uh, of abortion. And we started, and so I thought that was that was going to have some kind of uh, of of effect. And then we started to see Republicans starting to soften their stances, using phrases like "Yeah, it's okay in some circumstances." Or, and this is another, in my opinion, a cop out when they're asked about their opinion about it. Well, it's a state's issue, which is accurate, but they started backing away from giving their strong, supposedly firm, supposedly firm beliefs on abortion. But all of a sudden, they got real soft on it when it got real. 
well, I think they can read polling. Um, I, I look. The, the fact is, you have some politicians that are they, they get into politics because of abortion or religious issues, which which a lot of people conflate the two. Um, I think most people got into politics, and I, I think when someone says they're pro-life, they mean it. But but there's a lot of nuance. It may be the most nuanced issue in all of politics. And I think most people, most politicians, I mean, they were people, they were politicians. Most politicians are, are sort of there. It's like, hey, I, I I think it's wrong. I would not want my daughter or if I was, if I was a guy, if someone was pregnant with my child, I'm not sure I'd want them to abort it. But a lot of things in this world are we consider wrong that we don't consider illegal. And I think that's kind of where it came down for a lot of people. And I think quietly, without without banging a bunch of drums or sending a bunch of tweets off, I think quietly, there are just statistically, I just don't know what else you could possibly blame it on. There are women that went to the polls who had typically voted Republican that voted Democrat this time. Now, how long does that go on? We'll see. Uh, but I, I just, I think, Brandon, you picked up on the subtle, and again, it wasn't something people were out writing Facebook posts about. It was it was a subtle thing of you're taking away something from me that I'm not comfortable with. And, it, and, it, and again, it wasn't you're in the tent. I, I love that analogy. It was people that were outside the tent kind of milling around, looking inside both tents and being like, you know what? I, I just think the facts are that there's some women that said, no, I, I don't. I, I'm not in. For, I was in for everything else. But not this. So Democrats, yeah, Democrats had a had a pretty good night as far as the Missouri House goes, um, better than they've had in the past. And yesterday, the House elected leadership. What do you make of those leadership elections? Well, uh, John Patterson's a doctor from Lee Summit, Missouri. Uh, I, I think that if you were already elected to the House, I, I think you kind of just base your your thought on who you think's best for you. Who's going to give you the best chairmanship? Who's going to put you on the best committee? Who's going to reach out and, you know, who, who has your temperament, right? Who, who has the leadership style you want? And, and the two guys are very similar politically, but, you know, Mike Kaffner is a military guy. He's a, he comes in with a plan and a binder, and, and he executes his plan. Patterson probably might be a little more approachable, I think they'd say. It's kind of how, what do you want? You want a guy coming in with a lockdown plan that's going to roll? Or do you want a guy that's going to probably be a little more uh, open to listening and be a little more collaborative? And uh, they, they've had a, had a system that's kind of top down for a while. I think they want to try a system bottom up. Uh, but, but the hack here is, the fact is, you know, Dean Plocker did everything he could do, the new speaker, to not show favoritism. But because, you know, Patterson was an open supporter of his opponent and Hafner was a supporter of Dean's, that caucus has a funny way of always picking the one they think the speaker is not going to vote for. And I think they did it again in a very close vote, by the way. Very close. Uh, Scott, we appreciate you joining us live as always. I appreciate your analysis. And I want to follow up on Stephanie's question about the leadership because a lot of focus on, on Dr. Patterson and Hafner and certainly about Dean Plocker, who's going to be going with the governor today and Senator Williams for that matter. But I'm interested in the, the next speaker pro tem and you know him well and I know him. His name is Mike Henderson. I think a lot of our listeners may not know him, but he's a, he's a veteran lawmaker. He's from Bon Terre, chairs the workforce development committee tell us your impression of him in specifically his style scott fawn mike henderson from bonterre well i think there is a major undercurrent of that race and it is mike henderson is a former superintendent he is a defender of public education 
that is, if you want to talk about his, the issue, he's. I mean, people come to him and ask him, how would this act, how would this bill actually work in a school? And I, I think what you saw was that caucus deciding that, you know, he's a very easygoing guy. He's a, he's very approachable, very, very, very. I guess the word when I think of Mike Kinnis is very much gentlemanly. Um, but I think what you probably saw is that caucus saying, look, we're okay with trying some more of the school reform, uh, but we want to do things that make sense in real life, not on Facebook. And I think you'd had an, under the previous speakership, you know, whatever the craziest person on Facebook came up with is regarding schools they were for. And, I'm, and I, I think kind of like with Brandon, what he observed was if you're in the tent, oh yeah, close all the schools or, or horsewhip all the superintendents or whatever silly stuff he'd come up with, he was all for that. But I think you're seeing those members being like, uh, okay. I mean, we're, we're willing to look at some school stuff, but two plus two has to equal four. The trains have to run on time. And I think Mike Henderson was a vote to say, I don't think it was all, all a vote to say, we're not going to do any more school reform. I think it was a vote to say, it's going to have to make sense. And we want Mike Henderson at that table in that leadership room to make sure that it's just not some kind of lobbyist-driven, silly think tank stuff. It's actually real things. All right, Scott Fawn, Missouri Times, This Week in Missouri Politics, hanging out with us. Would you mind to hang out for like five minutes? Because we got a lot of folks asking, hey, who do we think might be the next attorney general? And seriously, there was an article written by one Mr. Scott Fawn, one of the 